shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree there's a light in the window just salty gals inside i'm not sure if they're witches but you know that's implied got the storytelling ego swelling pillow talking moonlight walking sea Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. My name is Kurt Sheffa. And I'm Katie Norgren, and with us is the same guest we had last week. Uh, and it's the same day for Two us. weeks in a row. You're famous. You're super <laughs> famous. We just had so much to say, we had to have her back. Please and give a warm welcome. To Noelle. To Noelle, who yeah. cannot hear your warm welcome, but she can feel it. Yeah, who let's totally take in a separate ferry to be here with you a Exactly, which is why we're doing, we're doing, like, more episodes, because you were coming some, from so far away. <laughs> yes. We gotta just, like, wring all of the good, good content out of you before we send you home. <laughs> you know, I used to think that the ferry was, like, incredibly long, but now that I take the ferry casually, it's, like, it's just an hour and, like, 25 minutes. You just it's sit and read a book. Really it's I deal. genuinely really like taking the ferry, b- only because I don't normally have to get a car on it. Yeah. Usually I'm just That's nice. physically putting myself on there, and there's no rigmarole there. You just, like, you pay your $14, and you're like, hello, yes, please take me to the large island. Hmm. Or the thing that's the really large island, which is hmm. to say North and South America. That's what I together. always say when I buy a ferry ticket. Please, can I, can I take... Can I one for North America? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yours was funnier. <laughs> I gotta give you that. God damn it, Noelle. I've got a reputation to uphold. Aren't you supposed to be a boring stay at home mom right now? <laughs> Not the funny one? Oh, this is all I have! I have too much time on my hands. Oh no, just And now you're w- coming up with witticisms left oh, and right. Yes. I'm actually like really obsessed with puns lately for some reason. I think it's like when you have a child, you become interested in puns. It's like <laughs> hormones. I must have had some fake alarms or something because I'm still super into puns. I must have yeah. had a chemical pregnancy at some point. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's some serious. That's it's dark. Is it? Yes. I don't know. Is it a dark thing? I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, well, if you're going to, like, get into our feminist podcasting and, like, talk about our, our vaginas and stuff, I can... Like, uh, we are gender essentialist feminist podcast. I can talk about my experience podcast. with chemical pregnancy, which is why it was oh, actually Oh, so you've really, had a dark experience with really this. It was really dark. It was so dark. Oh, okay. Well, my deepest apology to you. <laughs> no, no, like, no. Like, as in being on birth control? Or... No, um, okay, so I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, in my mind, a miscarriage is, like, a bloody mess, you know? Like, I wake up and there's a dead horse's head in my bed, you know, and (laughs) it's like, oh! You know the very angry with you. Yeah, exactly, but it's, um, so when we decided that we wanted to get pregnant, I was like, all the science, all the time, I'm gonna chart, I'm gonna, I want to know, like, the exact three minutes that I'm ovulating, like, now is the time, let's do it! (laughs) Fire it up! Yes, like... And so my, my, my dick. And the more you yes. learn about you, the more the more you learn about this. It's amazing that anyone manages to get pregnant. I know. Like there's really like a idiots just do it by accident all the time. But there's I such know. a small window. But there's such a small window. You have to be having sex with your 14 year old boyfriend like at the right fucking time. <laughs> I don't want to have sex with a 14 year old. <laughs> no, I know. Boyfriend. But like I'm talking as about teen pregnancy. You know, like we're all ter- as women. You know, you're like. 
You just from, assume that you're fertile you at every second. Every second that one moment Anytime when the condom came off, that I got, was it. I took, you know, like, I took the pill and I used condoms with my high school boyfriend, and I for sure I was pregnant. Right. So I wasted so many hours being horribly upset about like random little accidents or whatever. And anyway, I mean that's TMI, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into. We're it. talking about sperm getting into places that it's not supposed to be, <laughs> or so, actually where like, it's actually. Supposed Yes, to so anyway, we decided to get pregnant, like, on purpose, and... <laughs> Gross! <laughs> yeah. So I was, like, you know, looking up, and it's actually kind of interesting, like, there's a whole... Looks like you have to put your hoo-ha on machacha! <laughs> yes, yes, it's, now's the time, this is the hour. <laughs> and... It's two minutes to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so I Ovulation learned, stations. You know, if you want to... Speaking of... <laughs> but, you know, the, actually, if you want to go back in time to when it was kind of scary that you might get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so random like, factoid. Like a week ago. Random factoid. Uh, sperm can live inside of you for like seven days. So if you have sex within that period in the 24-hour window, you can be like inseminated when you're not actually having sex. And then, like, it's so that's kind of cool and true, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm reading that Taking Charge of Your Fertility book that I, you probably gave me. Yes, and it I has did. all the charting and stuff. And it's like, if you want to think about, like, trying for one sex over the other, there's, like, techniques oh, or yeah, whatever like, around, like. Right around, like, for example, female sperm are, like, bigger and butchier and they, like, push <laughs> forward. <laughs> but they're, yeah, slower, they're slower. Whereas the men are, like, small and fast and, like, so. If you're it, trying depending to have a boy, on the have so they're like spiders, basically. Depending, depending on the consistency of the fluid in which they are swimming, um, you are having Your a cervical boy, mucus, the, right? So like the girls are better. I've read the th- books. The girls are bigger and stronger, so they like take more time, but they are strong. Like they will push through areas that the men's sperm cannot access. Mm-hmm. Okay. So depending on like in a forty-eight so hour period, fuck way before if, you. If you fuck before ovulate. you ovulate. You're more likely to have a girl, whereas, like, if you're doing it, like, at the moment of ovulation, you're more likely to have a boy. Theoretically. Yeah. Clever. I don't know. And it's like, and who knows what you'll actually get, because kids will discover their own gender later. (laughs) And as we will learn in the future of me telling the story of pregnancy and having a child is a game of all these things are normal unless they don't happen, in which case that's also normal, so just go (laughs) home and try not to worry. (laughs) So anyway, we decided to get pregnant, and then we were, like, trying, and so the first month it was not successful, which was, like, to nobody's surprise except for me, and I, like, had hormonal crying when I got my period. I was like, oh my god! (laughs) And then the next month, I, like, you know, I had... I had gone through my initial morning period of not succeeding in the first month because I'm a terrible perfectionist. So the second month, I peed on a stick very nonchalantly and got a positive. Oh, and wow. was like, like, I was super surprised. And so I had, like, five days of being pregnant, and then I, like, peed on a stick five days later because, actually, um... Uh, your hormone levels increase on a daily basis once you become pregnant. Right. So a good way to, like, track how that progress is going is to, like, pee on a stick every day. And if the line gets darker, then you know that it's it's going well. Right. Or, or also the thing about, like, tracking your temperature. If you keep tracking, you get 18 days of high temperature, then you're right. probably pregnant. Hmm. Right. That's another thing. So mm-hmm. I was taking my temperature every day, and then my temperature started going down, which mm-hmm. is probably why I peed on a stick. Mm-hmm. And then right. it was, like, not pregnant oh so but i had only been pregnant for like you know five days or if if you think about it two weeks because then two weeks before i had ovulated blah 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 right 
So I was so upset because I had like put all this emotional investment into trying to get pregnant. And then that moment when I got the positive test, I was like imagining, you know, 20 years in advance, my like beautiful relationship with my child. And I was talking to was excited. I was calling my mom, you know, like, and like, you know, obviously I wasn't going to tell the entire goddamn world, but I did call my mom and get really excited about mm-hmm, it and yeah. with my husband as well. And like, so then like having to go back and was really devastating and not only that but I bet I was on some sort of ridiculous hormone cocktail at the time and oh, I was sure. like I cried for like two straight days Aww. to the point where my mom is like you need to get this get it together and just like <laughs> get over this it's not wow. really that big of a deal yeah it happens to pretty much every yeah, woman and when since then I found pregnant. out that it happens in like one and two first pregnancies or something like yeah. that and most people don't even notice because they're not testing at like the first second they're supposed to have their period like I was because I was like super into getting pregnant yeah so then the next month I was like kind of super by that point you know because I'm so like keen I had exhausted myself you know like two and a half months had passed and I was just like whatever you know like (laughs) so I like stopped doing all the things I had quit smoking weed I quit drinking I was like on the super clean like gonna conceive in the best possible physical shape like you know yeah I was really on the drinking the (laughs) kool-aid But you were not drinking Kool-Aid because that's artificial flavors and sugar. Sugar. (laughs) So anyway, um, the third month we had this week-long vacation plan where we were gonna go look at houses on the island, and so you know I had my victory wine that I was gonna drink ready. Um, for when I got the negative test and I was like waiting for the day that I was supposed to get my period so I could like test and then start drinking on my vacation because yeah. I had been sober you know because we had been trying to conceive still so I was like obviously trying not you know so um oh actually I got kind of drunk in that two week period of like having conceived and then like those yeah. two weeks. anyway so I like was really stressed out and about the vacation and my husband's like you're probably not pregnant like smoke a joint you know and I was like whatever so I smoked a joint the next morning I got a positive pregnancy test and I had to remain sober as the day I was born for my entire week-long vacation that I was expecting to be able to party after all of this terrible conception you know like drama and stress and then it was like congratulations you're pregnant and then like and that one stuck, honestly, <laughs> you know. So that was River. <laughs> yes, that was River. And I peed on a stick every single day for, like, 14 days watching that line get long, get darker and darker. And, like, because I was obviously just, like, traumatized thinking yeah. I was going to miscarry. And, mm-hmm. like, I had a, a really hard time being happy about sure, having yeah. achieved what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so there was that stress for a really long time. And I, I ended up getting, like... Um, like opt-in blood testing to see if she had chromosomal defects because I was like I want to know like I don't want to be stressed about this for my entire pregnancy I would rather like shell out 800 bucks you tell me if she's normal and I will feel much better about this and you like because you have as we mentioned in last week's podcast you have a tendency to overanalyze and overanalyze and overthink yeah so you just really wanted to like I will worry about this forever unless I get every answer that I need yeah well you know I'm a person who employs marijuana on a medicinal basis right. for stress and in the absence of that I did not want to spend my entire pregnancy just like stressing mm-hmm. in loops you know yeah of course so it was yeah anyway so the chemical pregnancy is a real thing and it oh, actually yeah. was like if anyone is out there wanting to go through this process of conceiving a child on purpose 
<laughs> Sounds fake, but okay. I would recommend not <laughs> testing the moment you think you're going to get your period mm-hmm. and waiting like a good week and just like miss that period and just chill out mm-hmm. and live your life because you won't be traumatized if you have a miscarriage because you won't even know it's a miscarriage. In mm-hmm. fact, many of us have probably already had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and didn't know about it. The, the weird thing about my miscarriage, I've like talked about it a little bit on the podcast, was like... I just had a super heavy period, but for some reason I knew. And, like, I hadn't tested. Like, I get really irregular periods, so I do test for pregnancy a lot. And this particular time I just didn't. I'm like, oh, it's just I always have really irregular cycles. It's nothing. Mm. And then I had this, like, super intensely hard period, and it would, like, stop for a day and then start up again really hard for a day. Is that my phone? Did Siri? Siri just came on when I said period, not Siri. Fuck. (laughs) If you say Siri, does it wake up? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I had like a super intense period and then just something hurt and it felt like something was ripping out of me more than like just the usual shedding. And I said to my partner, like, I think I'm having a miscarriage. (laughs) And he was like, what the fuck? Like, did you know you were pregnant? I'm just like, I don't know, but I guess I'm going to go check. Mm -hmm. And then they did the test and it's like, yeah, you're like, your hormone levels, you've probably been pregnant for like a month. Wow. Crazy. And I was just like, whoa, crazy. Yeah, so So it was like a big, some big business sort of came out of there and... I still haven't had a regular big business. I haven't had a regular period since then. And so they're like, you really should get an ultrasound and see if anything's still stuck in there. You should. Yeah, was a, so I need to make that appointment. Agreed. I just am putting it off. Well <laughs> Yeah, anyway, vaginas. <laughs> they're crazy. They but, um, so like your whole pregnancy though was like pretty interesting. Like it was neat to, yeah. to follow along with you. Because normally as a doula, like I would come in at the last three months or whatever. That makes me remember, and it has to do with what you're talking about. Um, So, like, you know, I used to watch these shows on TV, like, I didn't know I was pregnant. Have you ever watched that show? I'm familiar with its concept. It's, and, you know, I was righteous going, like, how can anyone mistake a pregnancy? And, okay, so to some extent, this is true. I mean, when you're nine months pregnant, if you don't know that shit, you should get your sanity checked. But, like... (laughs) Like, in the first couple of months, like, in the Hollywood frame of mind, you know, when you get pregnant, you, like, wake up one morning and you, like, rush to the to the toilet and throw up and it's like someone goes are you pregnant and then like <laughs> the, the yeah. whole thing goes and you go to the hospital it's like you're a, a liter of water drops to the floor are you just and describing the plot and... of look who's talking yes exactly <laughs> and this is what everyone thinks about like being pregnant but the first couple of months like you could explain away a lot of those symptoms yep. as like you know i just haven't been feeling very good I mean, i'm just I'm really tired, tired lately, i haven't been sleeping like, well you know i ate something yep. the other day and it must not have agreed with me and like it's not not really there isn't like there aren't alarm bells sounding going like you're growing a baby congratulations <laughs> i got like i i was like oh i had allergies i was really tired and then i like got norwalk virus or so i thought i just like started like puking a lot yeah and then i puked so much and then i started like and then i got right? my period it was just I mean, like it would have to get pretty bad for you system. to go to the doctor and say i'm having a whole host of random symptoms exactly this is like really affecting my life you'd have to have an incredibly bad morning sickness Mm -hmm. anyway i mean so i totally understand that now up until the point where you start to feel the baby moving around inside you and then maybe it's time to go to the doctor (laughs) yeah it's it's a really strange thing to me because i I think like i I assume that i would know the first second if i was pregnant but i don't know that for a fact because it's just never happened to me like my mom got like two periods or something and like anyway yeah it's crazy that's actually a sign of pregnancy if you, like, 
bleed right around your toe. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's so stupid. All the so stuff stupid. that's supposed to say, like, oh, you're definitely not pregnant if you bleed. Yeah. Right? But that's apparently perfectly normal. Perfectly. Not so, only that, but, like, everybody who's trying to conceive is like, oh, God, the spotting. I want the spotting to happen. It's like, yeah. That's so funny. So you got really into just researching stuff around pregnancy, yeah, well, and you got I mean, into Reddit oh, pretty big Reddit. time. And I want to hear about some okay, of the so, shit that you got into on Reddit. Yeah, so you were I had posted some pregnant. things on Reddit, and I had a Reddit account with like a fair amount of karma. And like, even though they're meaningless internet points, it like sort of <laughs> meant something to me. Oh yeah. So I was, you know, participating in the community on Reddit, and certainly when I was trying to conceive, and then later when I was oh, pregnant, sure. I was on the subreddits for those subjects, and I became involved in it because it's like, you know, you're sitting around for nine months, it's interminable, you're sober as the day you were born. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need to, like, get lost in some internet drama. Oh, sometimes you just gotta. That seems like a good escape. <laughs> yes. What choice have you got? And, uh, so I pissed some people off with my apparently controversial opinions. <laughs> it's not fresh in my mind right now because the baby's, like, nine months old, but I managed to... Okay, so someone had posted... Did you guys know that there's, like, a subculture of people who want babies but can't have babies, so they, like, pay thousands of dollars to this service that, like, creates a lifelike baby doll? Yep. That, that they then mail you and you, like... A reborn you post doll. It, right, and then you post about Oof. it on social media because you're a narcissistic idiot. And, <laughs> oh, you know, anyway, so people do this and it's a thing. And then someone was saying that, like, they were reading online about, and people in their Facebook feed were posting about their reborn... Reborn dolls. Pregnancies. Yeah. Pregnancies, oh, because pregnancies. there's you have to wait nine months to receive the doll, during um, which you post shitty crap on Facebook about how you're having morning sickness and you're, have, you're having a difficult pregnancy. And so this person was posting on Baby Bump saying, this is kind of offensive because I actually am having a difficult pregnancy and these assholes are online posting about their imaginary morning sickness and I'm actually, like, in the hospital on bed rest and who, how dare they, like... So it's all like like appropriating your experience, kind right? of. Thing and so something. I actually, you know, because I'm kind of an asshole sometimes, and <laughs> so I was like, and I was pregnant as fuck at that time too. Like, so I was pretty righteous in my indignation, indignation. <laughs> and I replied, and I sort of likened the experience to rape. <laughs> oh dear. My my, which I understand in retrospect was probably wrong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the internet where you can say what you really mean. <laughs> and what I said was, it's kind of like saying that you were raped as like, you know, so, and then updating Facebook about your imaginary rape and saying, well, today I was, I had a good cry in the shower about my imaginary rape, yeah. you know, and like, that's actually kind of discounting people who are really having those experiences and it makes those, ex those real experiences like sort of more meaningless. It's kind of like the girl who cried wolf argument about like, you yeah. know, women who cry rape in scenario like I did, you know, likening these things. Oh, okay. I understand the hypocrisy of what I'm explaining to you. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I pissed like... off a lot of people because they were like, how dare you? Right. You know, like, <laughs> so I got a lot of hate and I was pretty hormonal and it upset me at the time that I was getting so much bad feelings. So I deleted my very karmic Reddit, Reddit account. It still bothers me to this day. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I pissed off some other people for some other reason, and I'm trying to remember it, but I don't right now. 
Um, yeah, so the online <laughs> mommy community is, uh, they're intense. intense and they're quick to jump to, how dare you? I'm so offended by what you just said. Oh, the other story was someone posted on Baby Bumps about how they had like miscarried their 35 week gestation oh my God. child that's not or something a, that's like that. That's a miscarriage. It's for, you know, for people like, that don't know, because this is when I first started my doula training, they started talking about, oh, how many weeks? Yeah. And it's like, that's full me, term. For that's me, I always term, thought yeah. like, oh, how many months? Like, how how many months are you pregnant? It's like, oh, I'm eight months pregnant. But it's like, oh, I'm 32 weeks pregnant. Mm. I never really got that. But 40 weeks is... The full term, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, so 37 is full 37 term. 37 is full term. So right. then 32 is pretty fucking close. Anyway, right. So just, someone... Just oh, right. to so, And if anyone has never used an internet forum, usually when you're, you know, <laughs> because people are sensitive sallies, you tag your posts first if you're going to talk yeah, about something that's going to inflame people. So there was a person who posted with no tags, and it was, like, right in the subject feed. I'm going through this, like, you know, news feed of posts, and in there is you know, my dead baby, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm about 33 weeks pregnant right now, and I don't need this shit. Like, so I posted on the thread. I was like, can you tag? Like, I don't need this right now. And I got so much hate. They were like, how dare you? This woman is pouring her heart out on social media, and you're just being a hater. And I was like, whatever, guys. Well, your your thing was kind of like... Like, you're posting in the thread of, like, women that are actively pregnant about your miscarriage. It's yeah, like, maybe there's like a different place. Yeah, like, post on the fucking miscarriage subreddit. Oh, anyway. There's so many subreddits. <laughs> Except it. this is why I don't Reddit anymore. Because yeah. since, like, I... So I deleted my account, and now I am merely a lurker, and I enjoy it so much more. <laughs> I waste so much less time, like, getting involved in people's bullshit. Um, and, yeah. yeah. Man. But, like, <sighs> that's... I think we talked about this before, just, like, the difficulty of any kind of advice or research around pregnancy yes. because it's just like there's so much advice and then it's like or maybe that's not your experience and that doesn't work for you so if this doesn't happen then that's also fine and you're like well what is it then like yeah. did you get a lot of conflicting advice from like doctors and stuff or was it mostly just like books and I don't know I mean or... it's kind of like well, I guess the major lesson that I took from the entire experience was that everybody is has a in, like a very individual physiology, and that although we understand the general patterns of pregnancy and childbirth, we don't. There's no like specific timeline. There's no specific list of symptoms. So although we can say you know these things are associated with pregnancy, um, and then those things become normal and what you expect when that doesn't conform to those norms, it's still normal, but like, this is what I'm, it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Like, so anyway, like it should I mean, be like this, but don't worry if it's not. Right. Like, and but when I mean, should all I worry? you do mm-hmm. is worry when you're pregnant because like there's at any moment something could go wrong and you're really it's not abjectly like, terrifying. Yeah, and, and you have really no vices to distract and you. And you're not in control. Like it's the ultimate loss of control. Your body is like on this trajectory. It oh, is doing yeah. its own thing. It is making its own. I'm, it's like, I'm not waking up every day and like punching in my pregnancy card. Like, okay, another day at the office. Like I didn't do anything. All I did was sleep and eat ice cream and like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. I remember you saying that to me where it's just like, it's so weird because I know my body very well and now it's just doing all these, all things, these things all on its yeah. own and it looks completely different and feels completely different. I'm just like a passenger along for the ride. In an alien body that doesn't feel like your body from month number three onwards. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. 
Yeah, so I mean, of the things that I read, many of those things did happen to me, but many of them didn't happen to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So I knew, perhaps I stressed myself out unnecessarily, but also, like, I have known about a lot of things that happened, and it was perhaps less stressful than it might have been. Yeah, for so, you, for you, it's good to be armed with a lot of knowledge. That's I know, me. I know. Am I analyzing? If I know the thousand outcomes, at least I'll be prepared when it does happen. Although yeah. my th- many therapists have told <laughs> me that you know, advanced anxiety does not make the actual event less painful. Mm-hmm. Huh. So it's, it's nice to think about the line between pre-preparation and over-obsession because that's where the gray area is. Do you have like a deep, like a deep, do you have a deep fantasy life? Like you've, you've mentally run through these scenarios in a very deep way If I make a major decision in my life, it is because I have considered approximately 30 outcomes in advance. I just think about like, because we were talking, like in the previous episode we were talking about death and, and how like, um, I had said off mic, like I, I don't think that I will be as easy to support through one of my parents passing away as I feel like you were, Chris. It's like, I, I, I didn't find it challenging at all to provide support to you. I'm like, this is easy. Great. <laughs> but I feel like for me, I would be a total wreck. So, because I have like mentally gone through, just imagined what it would be like, right? Mm-hmm. Like just creating these scenarios that I've either seen on TV or experienced with a different person in my life and, a pl- and imagining exactly what it would be like. And you know what? Not good for my anxiety. Because mm. you just, like, over sort of catastrophize a little bit? Well, exactly. Or? And it, it's the same thing, like, when I used to be really, really keen. This is just so hilarious. <laughs> Ice cubes. I'm sorry. We're just having a bartending time. I'm really listening to you. No, no, I know you are. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh, go on. Clink. Yeah, yeah, fear of death, uh-huh, I'm clink. I'm so listening right now. I believe I really you. It's I believe a lot you. Of, a lot of our friends that listen to this say it's like having a drink with your friends and like yeah. no while you were listening I'm, to, I'm glad to be participating in this you were listening listened, to this podcast yeah. while you were pregnant so like, sober stuff. too and I was just like oh god and just drinking. listening to us clinking the glasses just like so. your mouth watering the whole time yeah so hopefully it's like, not too irritating for no it was kind of like going out with Sorry. friends and drinking but not actually doing it you know? <laughs> so it's a bit of like like blue balls uh, yeah. socially speaking yeah. and yeah. drinking well, speaking know, to be honest like I'm a person who likes to get intoxicated um <laughs> but after like month number two i was like giving zero fucks about anything yeah um, you know like, it's harder at the start probably yeah it was just hard end. in the beginning but then that first joint after oh god was so good right this is gonna make me sound like a criminal but that's okay we're <laughs> i think it's friends. okay you're, you are you're in a safe space yeah so i didn't do anything. I was very, very, very clean and squeaky during my pregnancy. Yep. I had a couple of glasses of wine on separate occasions, like uh, you know, one glass of wine on New Year's As Eve. As your doula, I totally endorsed that. Yes, you my midwife small... endorsed it. Yeah. My doctor endorsed it. Everybody was cool. Um. So then I had this incredibly intense and traumatic birth. Which we don't really need to get into, but I could if you'd like to hear the story. We did talk about it a little yeah. bit on yeah. last week's episode, um, but it just took a really fucking long time. Right. It took a really fucking long time. Yeah. So when we got home from the hospital, I had been there for like a couple of days and I was, you know, I had been, the nurses are very supportive. and um, So I got home and it was like three in the afternoon and I put, I went into this like carefully and obsessively crafted baby's room that I had been... <laughs> you know, decorating for the past three months and put her in the things that I had for her and, like, kind of stood there and was like, what am I going to do now? And just burst into tears. I was a ball of hormones at that moment. Of course. Of course. And, like, it's really intense. Like, I was crying for zero reasons, like, in those first few weeks, so this is not even surprising Mm -hmm. in retrospect, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. 
I had like a breakdown. I was like, I don't even know if I can leave the room. Like, can I get up to pee? Is she going to die? Like, maybe, what if she stops breathing? Like, it just like every possible outcome of horribleness ran through my mind. And I had been talking about smoking this victory joint for nine months. And my <laughs> wonderfully supportive partner was like, this is the moment right now. Go outside. I'm going to take care of it. And I did. And it was... I immediately felt terribly guilty and so awesome at the same time. <laughs> and it was like so many emotions. You know, like I had all the culmination of like all the worry and anticipation and effort and surgeries and drugs and just... Anyway, I got super stoned. And then obviously I was like stoned and I had a newborn and I was like... <gasps> and so my husband was like, go to bed and just sleep as long as you want. I probably didn't sleep for like four days. Like uh -huh. I didn't hardly slept in the hospital too. Adrian was exhausted and I had this baby and I was like trying to breastfeed and it was intense. And so I slept for like four or five hours after that. And it was like, it changed my whole life. Like it was just... And I woke up and my milk had come in, which is this mysterious thing. No one at all the reading I had ever done about pregnancy and all the things that happen to your body, I knew very little about this in early stages of breastfeeding. And yeah. You'd heard the phrase, I'm sure. You'd heard the phrase of your milk coming in, but it was very mysterious. It was like it happens at some point after you give birth. Mm -hmm. You don't have it when you give birth. It comes you to you. You have colostrum when you yeah. give birth? Yes, you have colostrum, so but it's incredibly in difficult to extract. It comes out in, like, tiny little amounts. This is, this is what I learned from my, my breastfeeding course was, like, it's basically like a power bar yeah. for babies, and baby stomachs are like the size of a fucking pea, and so they only need a few drops. So it's like as long as they're like sucking on your nipples, like extracting they're that. They're yeah, we're talking stuff. about like a lentil-sized drop mm -hmm. on in one session, but it's session like or something packed like that. with like yeah, so all the nutrients. And then at some mysterious stuff. point that they can't tell you because when it happens, it's normal. Whenever it happens, um, your milk comes in, which it happened, and I, and it was like I woke up and they were like torpedo. <laughs> Did you have like the 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 torpedo bra from uh, yes, Tank Girl? Yes, I was like, what? This is crazy! And so, so since just huge or just like rock hard, and to the border to the point of being like semi painful, but child because childbirth, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> sort of hurts. I don't even know what pain is anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, so, and, but then they, you know, I had to go to the midwife and, like, have a whole appointment with the lactation consultant because just of because course. one's milk has come in doesn't mean one knows anything about breastfeeding or how to breastfeed. <laughs> one or, can't simply breastfeed the whole of England. One simply breastfeed a child. <laughs> so it took several days to get the hang of it, and after that it was okay, and... Um, but since then I have learned. Not that I went off the rails because I was very... I'm going to say this, and I'm telling the truth. I was very judicious about smoking weed while I was breastfeeding because obvious reasons, and I was yeah. very careful to do it and then wait a long time before to attempting let things to metabolize in your mm -hmm. system. To let things fine. metabolize, and we uh, supplemented with formula because my supply was never really that great. Um, I tried all the things, so let's yeah, not even get into that. right up your butt. Oh, God. And, you know, some it's a first baby thing. Apparently it's very common. Right. Um, so anyway, apparently since then I have learned that oxytocin, the all-knowing, all-powerful chemical that stimulates labor, it stimu it's what you release when you have an orgasm, you release it when you're sleeping, it's, all, it's the greatest chemical known to man. Mm -hmm. It's also released when you smoke marijuana. 
Huh. And it's the breastfeeding hormone. It is. So it stimulates letdown, which is probably why my milk came in after I smoked my first joint in nine months. And it That's was... magical. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I didn't really feel that bad about it, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, she's the best ever. She's super smart. Your baby's like, super chill. She's super chill. Like, um, Sorry. <laughs> so. That baby's feeling. Anyway, I mean, I smoked marijuana a little bit more now that I'm not breastfeeding anymore so like obviously I didn't like partake all the time and then feed my child willy-nilly but mm-hmm. I think it was a good thing and mm-hmm. I think yeah. perhaps with legalization Balance. and research we're gonna learn in a, we're, that it's actually perhaps helpful helpful for I mean I could have used it when I had terrible morning sickness I could have used it for a host of things during pregnancy. Oh, yeah. Joint, terrible joint pain in my thirst... Ter- Your thirst? <laughs> my, my thirst thir- for in my, joints. In my third <laughs> trimester, I had horrible hip pain, and, I mean, it could have been great. I'm sure, I mean, like, it would probably be administered in some sort of tincture rather than being smoked. Yeah. Um, sure. But, I mean... The yeah. joys of marijuana. The, are many. the the whole thing about research around like anything with pregnancy is so tenuous too because and no one wants zone, to experiment. No, no one wants to experiment on a pregnant woman. Yeah. yeah. Because well, what do you do? If, okay. Like... So there was the one thing that made me feel big, like sort of better about breastfeeding, like with some occasional marijuana smoking, mm-hmm. was a study that was done in the ninety. I think it was done in the nineties um, in Jamaica. It was a longitudinal study where they. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> We're making faces at each other. It's like, of course it was in Jamaica. <laughs> of course it was in Jamaica. <laughs> what are the effects of Bob Marley on well, unborn because, fetus? Because, because there's, like... What eth- happens if the father is a bumble It makes class? sense because, like, ethically they can't have a study where they're giving marijuana to pregnant women in North America. So they have to they find people who are already doing it. populations that are already doing it. Right. So it was, like, a longitudinal study that they studied women who were, like... There was a control group as well, but there was, like, uh, women who were smoking during their pregnancies and right. smoking during breastfeeding, and then they tested the babies at, like, intervals. And mm-hmm. Anyway, the children were, like, fine. perfectly fine. In fact, in some groups, apparently, they outperformed the control groups in, like, a couple of different things. Ah. Anyway, really so this woman has, like, brain. traveled the world talking about her study and how, like... I mean, so one study does not a conclusion make in science, and I that's why I didn't smoke weed during my pregnancy and why I was very careful about it during breastfeeding because I recognize there's no data, but I think there's probably something there. Mm-hmm. In fact, apparently the human brain has cannabinoid receptors oh, yeah, naturally, and those things are related to breastfeeding. It's like, apparently they receive... Like cannabinoids help their stimulate their appetite in brain to like. Oh, interesting. So then the baby will eat more. It's like like that. It like helps. (laughs) I guess so. I mean, like I mean, this is like someone's gonna correct me on the internet. (laughs) Don't add us. They won't email us. Don't worry. Don't. They won't. Yeah, but I mean, I'm giving you the general Cliff's Notes version of that. so, I mean, if we have the capacity to absorb these things, perhaps it's not terribly that bad. Um, I think so. I think it's a okay. It was the the big thing. Like my mom was a nurse, or she still is a nurse on the Sunshine Coast, and you know Roberts Creek has this huge like pot growing, pot smoking community since mm-hmm. like the sixties. It's all the draft dodgers like came to Roberts Creek basically, and so that was a big thing in the nineties. Like, what do we do about these moms that smoke weed? And my mom's whole thing, she's always been harm reduction. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you going to be more stressed out? Mm. when you're thinking about smoking weed and you can't, mm-hmm. stress hormones are way worse for a baby's brain development than anything marijuana could do. 
So you may as well smoke a little bit. Yeah. Just to like what like during pregnancy or during as a pregnancy mother? or as a mother both like yeah it's, it's I mean worse to be stressed the fuck out that like oh, yeah. causes so much more like attachment disorder yeah I mean I don't like, get incredibly stoned and take care of my baby exactly. I do the majority of my marijuana smoking after she goes to bed in the mm-hmm. evenings um, but, but like it just that was the, I mean that was I'm their... a firm believer of like chill mom chill baby yeah oh yeah and like you know whatever you have to do to get to that point is like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to a certain to a certain point, justifiable. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Like, and people say that she's super chill, and I think she is. I don't know. I she's like really think... cute. She's so cute. I've never met her, unfortunately. I met her when she was still in you, kind of. Ah. All the anticipation. Mm-hmm. When you, you we and were... Adrian came over with a pile of crocombouche. Uh, Oh, wow. And you came in looking like a fertility goddess with a massive mountain of golden wow. cream puffs. That your was little like... five-month baby belly. That, that was, was when I was still able to cook while pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I really cute. enjoyed that. It was, it was nice. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, it was a nice holiday season and birthday. Good old second it, trimester. It was, like, yeah. that's the best trimester. It's the yeah. best. You're, like, just pregnant enough to enjoy being pregnant and, like, go to the grocery store and people are like, oh, you're pregnant. And you're like, like oh, yes, you're I'm glowing. glowing. <laughs> but, like, just holding an armful of kale and chard. Yeah, and there's <laughs> Mother Nature. All of that disappears in your ninth month. You're like, you fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Angry Jabba the Hutt, who's like, who's fueled by ice cream and cuddles and in spite. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And so now being a parent, now you've got this like nine month old baby. I know that we were talking a little bit about how it's been an interesting journey, like with your partner. Yes. Like, you know, we talked last week about like having some shitty dads and now you are married to a dad who's the dad of your kid. And like, I have a relationship. Dad of your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, doesn't every woman sort of like in their early twenties kind of like have a boner for like dads who are like with their children? Like, do you ever like watch like be on like early twenties or something? Like... I know, but you like watch like this sort of nice like salt and pepper dad with like his young child, and you sort of like I used to sort of oh, fantasize. About I still that, do, yeah. You know, don't get and like sure. like have this like perfect image of like what a father is in your in your in your mind, like. Like that that ad for what Civic or whatever, where that guy like shows up to a high school and he's wearing a leather jacket and he's like stomping around <laughs> like na na na, and all the girls are like, oh my god, while he's walking by, and he knocks on the door of a of a classroom and it's his wife is the teacher, right? And she opens the door and then you see the guy finally full and he has a baby facing outwards Aww. and a baby born on him and all the girls yeah, see, are like, oh my god, all the women god. immediately like. <laughs> Sploosh. Yeah, I kind of totally know. sploosh. Yeah. I yeah. I just I like seeing a man be tender with anything, whether right? it's a baby yeah. or a dog or what. Right. Mm. So like you, you know, I was talking to Christina about when we were talking about doing this podcast, and I was saying an important point about um, my experience as a mother is also experiencing uh, my relationship with my husband and watching him be a father and how that's so kind of, like, I have a lot of unwanted feelings relating to my own childhood about that Mm -hmm. and separating the imaginary realities from the real, actual realities has been an interesting kind of, like, challenge. For sure. You know, like, some sort of... I sort of assume sometimes that Adrian is going to react in a certain way to a situation, and then he doesn't, and then I'm, like, pleasantly surprised. (laughs) But it's like I obviously was just imagining things, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. That's part of what experiencing anxiety is like. It seems real, you know? But Mm -hmm. it's not real. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway... 
anyway, I mean, watching him be this amazing, I'm, I'm just gushing because we're like having wine and stuff, but like watching <laughs> sure. him be this amazing, just like sensitive and caring father has been like therapeutic for me in ways that I didn't expect. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's been cool. I think that's really awesome. I like yeah. had a tearful cry with our good friend Mark, who like is an amazing dad. And, like, just gushing to him, because his wife is so incredible, too. I really love her, and I love their kids. And just being like, I wish I had you as a dad, because it would have been so (laughs) much better. It's like, yeah, my dad was unpredictable and not, you know, and he, like, our friend is, like, so constant and so loving and so tender. Stalwart and true. And just, like, it would have been so cool to, like, sit on my dad's lap while he, like, painted. Like, he was a painter, and it's like, yeah. like, Mark's kid sits on his lap while he plays guitar. Yeah. And so then I'm like, hopefully if I am able to have kids, like, that our kids get to sit on Ed's lap while he plays guitar and, like, Aww. learn how to, like, use a wood planer. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Like, baby's first planer. <laughs> That's really like, precious, like, you guys. <laughs> like, that is, like, and, and it's, you know, you don't want to use your children as therapy but it like it does help you it does help you process a lot of stuff because you get to see stuff reflected and there's the choice of like repeating the pattern or trying to be better and be different the pattern yeah and that's what i think you and i are both on the same trip as that like let's give our kids like the best life i have found myself (laughs) whip those things out in unexpected ways like my mother has a some sisters, not all of which she's on good terms with, mm-hmm. and recently she, we had this semi-falling out between her and one, one of her sisters. Right. So I've always been close to this aunt, you know, mm-hmm. even though she's a little cray-cray. <laughs> and, uh... Sure. She's never gonna listen to this. Um, so... And I'm saying that because, like, you know, I would normally forgive some crazy behavior, but in this one case... She went out of her way to be malicious to my mother, mm-hmm. and I had just had a baby, and she was, like, talking to me, being all nice behind the scenes. My mother's, like, calling me in tears about her relationship with her sisters and ruins, and she's so hurt that people would say terrible things about her, and I'm, you know, trying to make her feel better, and, you know, my aunt's calling me going, hey, I'd love to come and see the baby, and my mom, like instinct just kicked in and I was like nasty with my aunt (laughs) and I sent her a message I was like until you make things nice with my mother you cannot come over here and pretend that everything is okay you cannot see my child you cannot receive photos of my child this is over you you need to make things right you need to make things right (gasps) and I'm not willing to pretend anymore with anyone about anything (laughs) like (laughs) you know what I mean Wow, it turns to like a warrior princess. Yeah, and like you know, because fuck you and coming over and making nice and like mm-hmm. seeing the baby and then turning around and being an asshole behind the scenes Seriously. and like yeah. and and but this is what I'm talking about. We're going back in time about my relationship with my family as a child and being sort of like having experiences behind the scenes with abuse that was sort of like People just swept didn't talk under about the rug it, yeah. and people didn't talk about it and like having to just sort of act like everything was okay and ever and like I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to good. do that as a mother and I drew the line in the sand and I feel pretty good about it, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like in my relationship with my daughter as a parent, I'm never going to just pretend like everything is cool for the sake of family. Family is not that important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The the idea of family is not yeah, as important my real as the actual experience is, mechanics my real of family. family is her yeah you know 
It's the people so, who are there for you and who yes. like, hold you accountable in kind ways and who yeah. Like, and my job is to protect her, even if that means that I have to do some suffer hard work the consequences and, yeah. in a social sense, yeah. you know, with people and. So anyway, I mean, it's been interesting in that. That's pretty cool. That fired up so much, like, badassery in you, which is really cool. Yeah, and normally I'm not really the sort of person who, like, goes out of their way to create a confrontation. Like, I didn't have to do that. I guess I could have just never answered her back, although I don't know if that would have been very graceful of me. (laughs) Well, it just takes the passive out of passive aggression, right? You're like, well, this needs to be dealt with, so do that, and then we can talk. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. It's some good lessons to learn. You don't have to necessarily have a kid to do that, but... Yeah, we talked about this last week, you know. I am not willing to pretend that my father was... Mm. That I had a good relationship with him and Mm -hmm. allow me to clarify your situation Mm -hmm. and, you know... Yeah. uh, It's good. It just seems like it takes the bullshit out. Like, you're like, I don't have time for this. I'm mortal. Yeah, and I think... And I am responsible for another person now, so deal with your shit. Yeah. And I mean, not to, like, be overly poetic about it, but, like, every child with a secret dreams of that point where they get to be an adult and make those decisions about, yeah, you know, about what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. Absolutely. So... That's a, I think that's a good lesson to carry forward as we sort of wrap up this episode. I think like, that is a great place to... Just to... It feels like two minutes have gone by. Yeah. Like, you just don't have to... You don't have to suffer bullshit, nope. and you can make things clear, and it's like you don't necessarily have to have kids to do that, but let's keep passing on to the next generations of like how to take care of your shit and yeah. set some boundaries. and Hopefully everybody in the next generation learns just a little more than we did, and, and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. like to, you don't have to just cover things up just for the sake of politeness or whatever. Nope. It's okay to lay things bare. It's okay to talk about stuff bluntly. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the age of no internet message boards. <laughs> How did so, we like, uh, perhaps I would have, if I have had been a technologically inclined child, I might have found someone who could have told me what to do with my situation before yeah. I, you know, before it could have ended a lot of pain and suffering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think people are getting more vocal about, like, their experiences so that people know that they're not alone. People are feeling a little less isolated yeah. in the world, which I think is a really awesome thing. So, yeah, yeah. let's, I think it's the message that we end pretty much every yeah. podcast with these days where we're like, let's just all take care of each other. Yeah. Okay. Let's just yes. fucking, t- <laughs> let's just fucking take care of each other, guys. Because <laughs> who else is gonna? Mm-hmm. It's gotta be us. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Bye. What a great episode. <laughs>